there, everybody, and welcome to Life Sports. Sports. Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And not joining us as very infrequently uh, is Phil Ranta, the Sports Outsider. Sports Outsider is abroad. He is outside the United States. Yeah, he's uh, he's a super outsider at this point. Check out at Sports the Number Three Podcast to find out Phil's exact location. Ooh, ooh, don't want to miss that. Uh, but no, I like when Phil's gone. That's not true at all. But what's nice <laughs> when Phil's gone is we can have the Sports 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 Podcast because we actually yeah. do double down on sports when he's right. Not here. It's interesting because you know we we don't have the third sports in the intro, but then we do have fundamentally there are more more sports, sports yeah. on like a fundamental you know sports podcast basis. So a lot of analysis happening this week. Oh yeah, yeah. We're really we're really gonna dig into the nitty gritty of everything, and it's it's really exciting. We have uh, two great guests. We have yeah. a Boston Celtics player who's the players' rep, Jalen Brown. Yeah, uh, young Jalen Brown is gonna come on. Uh, just give us a quick rundown of sort of where the Celtics are at after the. The horrific injury to Gordon Hayward. Oh, my God. The star forward signed a big contract in July, breaks his leg, what, in like the second quarter of the first game of the season? First quarter. First quarter. First quarter. First game of the season. And uh, as a special treat, we have the ALCS, which we know now is at least going six games and potentially seven. We're recording yep. a little early. Yep. Clive Griffin. Clive Griffin, Yankees beat writer. Very exciting. Yeah, going to come on and talk to us a little bit about how uh, uh, length of game time you know, big focus of baseball, even longer in the playoffs. And it has been. They've been really long this postseason. Yeah. I've been watching them. They're like four and a half hours. Yeah, They're... so he's he's going to dig into that, you know, and give us the the perspective of a, of a Yankees fan and a, and a Yankees writer. But first, the grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game. Totally baseball. Major rebrand. Baseball's cool now. Totally baseball. See, I, I feel like since we don't have Phil here to feed... You know, feed into this. I I can go ahead and say I really don't like the rebrand. I wish we could go back to. We rebranded this like a year ago. Though. I know, and I have not let it go. Okay. Well, anyway, it's totally baseball now. Yeah. Steal a base, steal a taco. Origins. Ooh. This October, for the sixth time, Taco Bell will offer the greatest promotion in the history of the World Series: steal a base, steal a taco. Mm, I think the year that the Cubs were handing out free goats. <laughs> It's not a thing. Was <laughs> was better. Now, so basically, if someone Can you get a goat taco, if you steal, no, Joel, absolutely not. If someone steals a base in the World Series a few days later, customers uh, customers are permitted to hop behind the counter and just kind of help themselves without being hassled. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, no, they should be hassled if you're stealing tacos. No, but it's it's part of the promotion. It's only if well, if a player steals a base, yeah, you just kind of hop the counter and just kind of help yourself at a. T- it's the American dream. Oh, sure. Uh, no, but, but I'm just pointing out that their catchphrase incorrect. <laughs> yeah, it's actually <laughs> they a, are giving the tacos away. Yeah. It's not theft. At a predetermined date and time, usually the less trafficked uh, two to five p.m. window. Oh, you get a taco. Boy, that's really like Taco Bell couldn't afford to give away some freaking tacos and for steals, which don't happen that much. Well, the idea said to have been inspired by an incompetent employee named Clark who once suggested, "What if like every day at four twenty we gave out free tacos. His manager responded, what if, like, you're fired? (laughs) That would would bankrupt Taco Bell. Off off his glazed expression, he reiterated, you're fired. (laughs) However, that manager would later become the VP of marketing at Taco Bell. Uh, Really, the roots of this promotion are in out-of-date Cold War tech. 
In March of 2001, to coincide with the crash re-entry of the Mir space station, Taco Bell towed a large target out into the Pacific Ocean and announced that if that target was hit by a falling piece of Mir, every person in the United States would be entitled to a free Taco Bell taco, and in a weird way, really emphasizing just who won the Cold War. Yeah. Boy, that's... (laughs) Free tacos on behalf of your collapsing space station. That's just rubbing their face in it. Uh, now, no piece of the station hit the target. However, the company... No shit it did yeah. <laughs> The company bought a sizable insurance policy for this gamble. This is true. From Wikipedia said, This miss, they say, saved the insurance company a payout approximating $380. <laughs> No, that was a joke. The first part was serious. They actually, these, these were just regular tacos, not yeah. Doritos Locos tacos, not Taco Supreme, regular tacos in yeah. 2001. I read a 2007 Forbes article that analysts believe it cost them 20 cents to make a taco. Yeah. Why would you, you don't need the insurance policy. Everyone's not going to go get the taco. Oh, but it's just, you know, corporate finance, they plan everything out like this, you know, like, and it's so, so in unlikely that they're going to hit the target with a piece of mirror. I'm sure they were just like, just in case we don't want to like set aside, uh, it'd come out to what at the time, uh, it's m- millions, about $50 million yeah. dollars worth of tacos. They're just like, we're going to spend a hundred grand in insurance policy so that we don't have to rebudget the entire year to make up for 50 million bucks. So the mere spears, the mere space station stunt was a uh, basically million to one. Yeah. And it really, again, was just, I, just, I bet you it was much worse than that, <laughs> but it was worth it to stick it to the Russians. Yeah. In 2002, Taco Bell stopped being geopolitical agitators and did a free taco promotion with the World Series for the first time, one that pitted the Angels against the San Francisco Giants. They placed a floating target in the waters of McCovey Cove, just mm-hmm. beyond right field, and if any home run hit the target, America would be blessed with a bounty of tacos. This time it was a bit of a cop-out, because basically they also put it in McCovey Cove to try to catch the Mir space station. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of just left it there. Left it up, yeah. Unfortunately, nobody hit the target, and they decided not to repurpose the floating target to be a tarp in the vast concrete of the Anaheim Stadium parking lot. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's got a lot less charm. It does. <laughs> if it hits this, this inflated bag uh, next to this Honda Civic... Okay, so in, in 2003... Taco Bell execs read some internal financials and learned that Taco Bell tacos are very cheap to make. Yeah. So for the next two World Series, 2003-2004, they made large signs in the stadium, hit it here, win a taco. Okay? Yeah. Wait, wait, for the, the individual batter who hits it there? No, no. Everyone would, everyone would win a taco if the I'd batter hits it. I'd hope to get more than that. <laughs> Still hasn't happened. Still hasn't yeah. happened. 2005, they were frustrated. Took a year off to workshop the whole, whole thing. <laughs> 2006, Detroit Tigers, St. Louis Cardinals, game three, and this feels desperate. They said, if any player hits a home run to left field, America wins a taco. Left field was defined as anything left of dead center. Wow, they are really just hankering to give away tacos. Nothing. No home runs. No home runs to left? So then it was in 2007, Taco Bell finally introduced, steal a base, steal a taco. Only once in 112 World Series has no one stolen a base. Right. That was in 1944, Cardinals, St. Louis Browns. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, so, uh, and at least two stolen bases have occurred in 98 World Series, just twice in the past 45 years have team combined for just one. So basically, in the existence of Taco Bell, 1994 was the only year this promo wouldn't have panned out, and more so, would have felt like a cruel joke. Yeah, it really it would have. I mean, imagine how much angrier people would have been if not only had they canceled the <laughs> World Series, 
if people hadn't gotten their shot at free tacos, unforgivable. There'd been riots in the street. So, so thankfully and mercifully, Taco Bell tied your odds of getting a free taco directly to your ability to get out of the office between two and five on a Wednesday. <laughs> In Game 2 of the 2007 World Series, in accordance with the prophecy, Jacoby Ellsbury stole a base at long last, activating the promotion Taco Bell been trying to get going for years. <laughs> and this is great because the day before, uh, Fox Sports, this is true, had, a, had, the, had the players wearing mics on a workout day, and this was a conversation between Royce Clayton and Jacoby Ellsbury. Clayton, hey, you like Taco Bell? Ellsbury nods. You know, if someone steals a base in the World Series... Everyone in America gets a Taco Bell free taco. Ellsbury, everybody in America? Clayton, everyone in America gets a free taco. Seemingly motivating him the next day to steal a base. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. Last- I, if I were Ellsbury, I would have showed up at Taco Bell from two to five. <laughs> It's been shaking hands. Here I am. I'll bet I would have gotten a bunch of free tacos. Can you name last year's taco hero? Which uh, is what Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor. He's been featured in the commercials. He was last year's I taco hero. That, so also, we should note in 2015 they did this with what with AM Crunch Wraps. AM Crunch Wraps, the breakfast thing. So it wasn't steal a base, steal a, a taco. It was like steal a base, steal our new promotional item. We're really trying to get people don't, into. Don't foist your stupid Crunch Wrap on me. Fucking give me a taco. It's a bullshit. Uh, so, so we'll let you know, if a base is stolen in games one or two, the nationwide giveaway at participating Taco Bell outlets will be November 1st between 2 and 6 uh, local time. If it's game three or later, the full, same taco will, will be the same hours November 7th. Hmm. So they got now, it all planned out. Just one base, you get a taco. Yeah. I mean, how do they keep track? I mean, I could hypothetically go to a bunch of different Taco Bells and re- Receive a whole bunch of different tacos, right? Roy, actually, if you Royce Clayton actually in the audio actually does have one thing where it's like I can go to any Taco Bell I want and be like, "Hey, I ain't got no taco yet." <laughs> the grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game. Totally baseball. Major rebrand. Baseball's cool now. Totally baseball. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil, but not Phil. News, news, news. Chicago Cubs update, watch, update. Chicago Cubs update, watch, update. Brought to you by Old Style Beer. It's a beer that's not good, but we drink it anyway because it's the Old Style. Old Style Beer. All right, so we're going to go ahead and assume that the Cubs are out of it by now. Yeah, we're, we're we're recording this before a little early in the they, week. They were up two one in game four, according to the update on NPR while I was driving over. Right, so they're <laughs> oh NPR broke in with the NLCS. They did not break in, but they. I mean the the local. You know they they like go to the the local NPR guy and they do oh, like traffic yeah. updates and oh, a couple right. of local stories and and that guy he warned everyone if you're taping it. Turn off your radio because I'm going to give you the score in in 30 seconds. Also, if if you're taping it, just like you've gone back in time to like 1999. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I don't know. Whatever you, you the DVR. Situation. So so we're going to basically assume they're gone. But we have but to cheer up Cubs fans, we have yeah. a little bit we have a little bit of cotton candy from the Chicago Tribune, Ooh. an article on World Series babies. Ah uh, ah, uh, these are babies who were born. Because their parents were like, Woo, go 
cobs and then got all amorous. Aaron and Bill Hahn know how it feels to wait. For months they waited. They tried and tried again. They analyzed and consulted fertility professionals. Aaron Hahn, 32, couldn't help but wonder, why can everybody else do it and I can't? Oh, you, I'm sorry. I thought you said 3-2. <laughs> And I oh, 32, like, 32 yeah. years old. See, I used to feel this way myself until my parents finished up a pretty significant talk with me. They had stopped about halfway through yeah. on about 15 years prior. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the World Series uh, made me not really even think about it, Aaron Hahn said. The stress and the worry of, okay, we have to test my ovulation. Okay, we do it on the hour. I wasn't even thinking of that. That whole month, I was just focused on the Cubs. And any gyna will tell you, never do that. It's terrible for you. <laughs> but on August 10th of this year, they welcomed their first son, Liam Joseph. Mm. The couple had been unable to get pregnant for over a year. But with the combined distractions of the playoff excitement and her birthday on October 30th. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, now, it, now I'm really questioning whether it is a quote-unquote World Series baby. Well, yeah, well, they were able to conceive. Yeah. And Aaron Hahn says, I just kind of want to thank the Cubs for helping me have him. Okay. I mean, this is a little dubious. Uh-huh. Well, Liam is a member of an elite club of babies conceived during the Cubs' long-awaited World Series run and ultimate victory in 2016. Studies show that major sports victories can yield birth booms, and naturally that pattern would extend to Chicago, where the best way to keep warm in the fall is hot Midwestern missionary. <laughs> A spokesperson uh, for Northwestern Medicine said July and August are typically busy months, and this year was no exception. Advocate Illinois hospitals, which are spread throughout the state, saw more babies born in August than in the 12 previous months. Okay, but didn't they say July and August are usually busy? Yeah, but this year it was busier. So far, I don't think they're making a particularly good statistical <laughs> argument for the Cubs being the source of the... So, full disclosure, I was born July 20th uh, after the Tigers had won the World Series the previous October. Oh! So, it's with extreme trepidation that I wonder aloud, how could this happen? <laughs> well, the 2016 World Series was tough-fought battle between the Cubs and Cleveland Indians. You know that. Yeah. The series went to Game 7 and was tied 6-6 mm. at the end of nine innings. An epic Game 7. When all of a sudden, there was an excruciating 17-minute rain delay between the end of a uh, regular uh, nine-inning game and the 10th inning. Oh, yeah. I remember because I, uh, I tried to, like, I was at the office staying late. And then, like, the rain delay started, and I was, like, looking at my watch. I was like, I'm going to go for it! <laughs> and then uh, and then I didn't quite make it, but it went into extras. Well, so other, other people did, Joel. That rain delay yeah. wasn't excruciating for every Cubs fan. W- once that tense, ten- <laughs> that tense break began, Sarah and Matt Jenny decided they needed a diversion. Quote, we were trying for a second baby. The rain delay was a perfect opportunity, so we took full advantage. Oh, man. The whole week of the World Series was my ovulation time. It was a no-brainer. By the way, if you find a woman who will watch four-and-a-half-hour baseball game with you, and then, when it goes into a rain delay before extra innings, gets in the mood, you've won life. Yeah, that's the fucking lottery right there. <laughs> How do you do that? That uh, is fucking amazing. So I gotta move to Chicago. <laughs> well, I might even become a Cubs fan to be married to a woman like that. I'm... I'm clearly not going to become a I, I, I just really like the idea that it was just like, oh, rain delay. Oh, it could be a while. Hey, honey. <laughs> yeah, right? I also love that there's there's probably people around like right now going, hey, honey, check it out. 
It's an article in the Tribune about us banging. <laughs> and now everyone knows I can't last longer than 17 minutes. Uh, oh, well, who can? Really? Well, yeah. yeah, you know, if it's like the third time. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip some obnoxious stories from people who named their kid Theo or gave their daughter the middle name Ivy and yep, go, straight, go straight to a parent who gets it. Exactly 40 weeks after the Cubs won their title, Aaron and Mike Jenkins welcomed daughter uh, Cosima Rose to the world. Jenkins said the couple, the couple considered giving Cosima the middle name Ivy or Addison, that's the yeah. street Wrigley Field is on, but settled on Rose. Quote, ultimately, we wanted her to have her own identity if for some reason she decides she didn't want to be a Cubs fan later. Jenkins said to a reporter who deadpanned, you're shitting all over my piece. <laughs> And lastly, there's the Cervones, uh, Chris and Amber, who began dating when they were 14 and thus can probably accurately describe the progression of their entire physical relationship in baseball terms. So when the Cubs won the fall classic, the Cervones decided in the heat of the moment to try to get pregnant. This is also the old, there's no time for a condom reasoning. Yeah. Oh, heat of the moment, Cubs just won the World Series. Oh, no time for a condom, honey. <laughs> Uh, I've definitely tried that one, and they were always like, the Cubs haven't won the World Series since 1908. What the fuck no are you time, No time. No time. No time to do it. No, don't Wikipedia it. No time for Econom or Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, th- that's a huge once-in-a-lifetime thing, said Amber uh, Cervone. So we thought we should try to make something once-in-a-lifetime out of it, too. Unlike the Cubs' repeated letdowns, the Cervones were successful on their first try. Which oh, I zing! Which I guarantee you means they were not trying. <laughs> uh, when she learned she was pregnant, Amber raced to Walgreens to buy a Cubs World Series branded baseball. On it, she wrote in marker, "We're pregnant," and drew a smiley face. She tossed it to husband Chris to reveal the news, who said, "Why'd you write on it? I was gonna buy a case for this." <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say. You write this story, but nobody writes the story about like all of the Cleveland children born after their parents jumped the gun after Game World Five. World Series depression babies. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, they were like, "Woo, we're up three <laughs> 2 Joining us now on the podcast is second year forward for the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown. Jalen, great to have you on. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's it's good. Uh, on my end, you are the players' representative. Well, yeah, sort of. Sort of? Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I'm retired. You're retired? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you caught our first game for the Celtics. Oh, I did. Celtics uh, yeah, at was... the Cavs. Kyrie Irving going back. Very exciting. Yeah, there was... um. What? Yo, there was the... There was, there was a, there Gordon was a Hayward. an incident. Yeah, Gordon, Gordon Hayward. New guy in the team. I was just... I was just getting to know him, and... uh. I, I can't really talk about it, but point is, I'm I'm not playing basketball anymore. Well, I'm gonna yeah. Well, I'll ask you about that in a second. But like uh, ever again. <laughs> like if someone's like, "Oh, hey, how about a quick pickup game?" I'm gonna be like, "You stay the hell away from me." I'm not I'm not jumping anymore. Okay, so I think we I'm should... <laughs> staying firmly placed on the ground for the foreseeable future. I think we should just set it up real quick. So Gordon Hayward. Uh, teammate that you're referring to went up on an alley oop and landed kind of funny on his ankle. And it oh, kind of funny, Jordan. Well, not not ha ha funny, but landed on his ankle uh, poorly, and his whole foot uh, seemed to be turned around. Yeah, I remember. I was sitting four feet away when it happened. 
And so this had... I have PTSD, Jordan. From the ankle? From Yes. What sort of symptoms it's are like you having? It's like his foot was staring at me. <laughs> I t- Every time I see a pair of shoes, the sole of anybody's shoes, somebody put their feet up in the coffee table and I just lost it. Point is, as the player rep, I came to tell the guys that I was going to step down because I felt like I had to retire because it suddenly occurred to me that this is not a safe sport. Well, yeah, I mean, these, these sort of things generally are kind of freak injuries, though, Jalen. I mean, not every, this doesn't happen every game. It doesn't even happen once a season. But once in a while, there's a thing that looks kind of gruesome that happens. Yeah, okay, well, well, well uh, would you be a coal miner, Jordan? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, because a lot of people say it's kind of a freak accident when one collapses, but that doesn't mean you're going back down in there. Okay. I yeah, guess. which is why I'm not. Uh, thing is, when I told the guys that I was planning to retire, they all said... Me too. What? The entire Boston Celtics entire team when you Boston had this team. The Boston Celtics has decided that we are not not going to play basketball anymore. It's not safe until they make some changes. I think putting the hoop right at waist level maybe and then at waist level. Yeah, and then making it illegal to run. You know, make it like a power walking sort of thing where no you always have at least one foot on the ground. Maybe then, maybe then the Celtics would come back to play basketball. But in the meantime, we're out. We're done. Does, uh, well, I mean, what about Gordon Hayward himself? Does he have any plans on coming back once everything heals? I don't know, Jordan. Do you think he has any plans of coming back? I mean, not. What kind of dick question (laughs) is that? I mean, not immediately. Did you hear the sound it made when his legs snapped? It did sound pretty awful. It was fucking terrible. I half expected somebody to come out and shoot him right after it happened. No, I don't think he's coming back, Jordan. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Jalen. Yeah. Joining us now on the podcast is New York Yankees beat writer, Clive Griffin. Hello there, Jordan. Hey, welcome to be here. It's okay if I smoke my stogie in here, right? I mean, n- no. But All right, good to hear. Good to hear. All right, so you are a uh, you're a beat writer for the Yankees. Who do, who do you cover them for? Absolutely. Uh, you ever heard of the New York Tribune? Not particularly. Yeah, it's mostly in Queens. Okay. All right. Which is it's not big Yankees territory, but right, it seems uh, more like a Mets kind of place. There's definitely some of us, and uh, and you know that being said, though. Yankees are the Yankees. Yeah, they're the big... Well, obviously, they're the team they're the, one the and one They're the unceasing dynasty of baseball. They really are. They really yeah. are. It's I hard mean, to argue ultimately, with that. It's, it's a little frustrating because I feel like the rest of baseball never appreciates what we do for them. Well, well I our think, existence I think, yeah, really well, makes the rest of them relevant. I think you know? that's a little, you know, America's not a suburb of New York. I don't think that's uh, well. In a lot of ways, it <laughs> is, Jordan. In a lot of ways, it is. All right. Well, uh, that's not why we're not here to talk uh, strictly just Yankees. We kind of want to. I talk mean, you're about- from one of them, uh, one of them other states, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I imagine you spent most of your childhood thinking to yourself, "Boy, one day I'm gonna get to New York." You know, and one yeah, day I'm going to be able to to slip on that navy blue cap with the with the hard NY on it, that classic logo, and finally I'm going to feel whole as a baseball fan for the first time in my life. You know, no, I had a baseball team growing up, Detroit Tigers, so I was never really, uh, I, d- I did not want for a baseball team. But it's a shame, though, what's happened to Detroit, what with all of the... 
roving packs of dogs tearing people to pieces. Now listen, now listen, Clive. We're not. You never saw anything like that happening in New uh, York. Hold, hold no, up, hold, hold up. We're getting off topic. What we're here to t- discuss is MLB postseason t- time of games, and basically MLB uh, has yes. tried, tried valiantly yeah. to shorten game times. They've gotten too long, and the playoffs this season specifically. Games are going four and a half hours. Well, to be clear, as I've always understood it, they've been trying to shorten the length of games that do not involve the Yankees. What? I think, you know, the the ratio of Yankees baseball to total baseball, they wanted to increase. I don't... I don't know about that. I think they'd prefer all the games to proceed at a bit brisker of a pace and maybe be done in like three hours, 15 minutes, something like that. But here's the thing. I think, Jordan, you're really missing what makes baseball baseball. All right. Well, I'm a huge baseball fan, so tell me. What's the most thrilling play in baseball? In my opinion, I'd say a a triple or an in-the-park home run. Mm, Incorrect. What? The foul. The foul ball. Like a, a foul. And to be clear, not the foul tip. It's when they foul the ball off because that's when they get it's fouled away. And especially when there's two strikes and the count doesn't change, that's when you get to, to lean over to your fellow Yankees fans and go, ah, isn't it grand to be a Yankees fan? I don't, I, I can't imagine Yankees fans actually get excited about foul balls the way you describe. Maybe, maybe one down the line that's almost well, a home run we, and you're cheering and then it's not a home run. And I guess that's kind of exciting. We get excited about being Yankees fans. And especially when we're at games or watching the Yankees, that's the best opportunity to be excited about being a Yankees fan. So anything that prolongs that experience, that's what we like. Right, but I think I think we all agree that sometimes you know these these players the you know players are taking more pitches. That's kind of boring. You know they're stepping out of the box a lot. I gotta say I beg to differ. I mean, did you see what it was like when Derek Jeter would step out of the box? Sometimes I, four, five times in the same at bat. He did so Let very. Let me frequently. tell you something. Nobody did it with the grace. The wonderment that the captain did when Derek Jeter stepped out of the box. He did it in a way that no other shortstop has ever done before. I don't know. It seems like plenty of shortstops waste my time when they're in the batter's box. It's not a waste of time, Jordan. The grace, the way that he looked around, the way that he carried himself, you know? He had he had the bearing of nobility. All right, but and I and I know in our in our modern game now. Bullpen management's become a big issue, and and player and coaches and managers they want to bring in the right matchup. You know, they want to pull the starter after four innings sometimes, and they want to go to the bullpen. and And I understand the strategy, but all these pitching changes they create a longer you know game. Is there is there something maybe to address there? Well, yeah, but what you have to understand, Jordan, is when a game is at Yankee Stadium, the bullpen is right there next to Monument Park. Okay, oh, and and Monument Park at this point. It's very large. It's a lot of Yankees who need to be remembered forever. Right. Like Don Larson. Right, okay. Did you know, Jordan, that Don Larson threw a perfect game I, I absolu- in the World Series? I absolutely did He's know that Don Larson... He's the only one yes, to do no, that, I, Jordan. I, I am fully aware of that, Clive. I, I, Hence, he's been enshrined for all time, for everyone to see. Right, but, uh, but still... That, that, that means nothing to me in terms of the length of the game. We got. I mean, but, I don't know if it's when the commercial a player breaks exit or... the bullpen. Okay, that's the only time the fans at home watching on television get a chance to get a glimpse of the great Monument Park and all that it represents. 
Right, but we they... can't rob the fans at home of that, and especially, especially during the playoffs, because then all of the fans around the country who spend the rest of the year lamenting the fact that they don't get to see Monument Park on television as often as they'd like to, which is clearly all the time. I actually pitched an idea for a cable station yeah. that would be a C-SPAN type station, but it would just be cameras doing slow pans across the busts in Monument Park. Really? Yeah, and they do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, excluding, of course, when there's Yankees games, because those cameras would then have to be turned to the baseball. Right. You know, but the rest of the time, if you were ever like, hey, I'd like to check in on Yankee Stadium. Right. I, I, I want to see, see Yogi Berra's monument. And exactly. Just... So do you think if we maybe had this channel, as you're describing, maybe we couldn't show it less when the players are coming out of the bullpen? And maybe because I... all we're all I'm getting back to here is I, I appreciate the history of the Yankees and I, your Jordan, overinflated say, self, think, uh, sense I of think self-importance. That you are drastically underestimating the level of demand there is for Yankees lore. It just doesn't get talked out about enough. Well, I mean, can I, can I ask you, it seems like you, you've disagreed with all of my suggestions. Do you think there's any way that you could get behind maybe tightening up the gameplay a little bit, increasing the pace a little? Oh, Jordan, Is I that... have quite a few suggestions for how we could lengthen the games. Well, what? I mean... Lengthen? Make longer? No, no one wants that. Everyone wants a quicker game. Mm, I don't know. When it involves the Yankees, do they, Jordan? Well, what do would, they? Well, what would be a, a good? Uh, what would be an improvement on the existing product when the Yankees are playing? Okay, uh, uh, first one. Okay, any time a pitch is made uh, that that seems to be very close, particularly in a two-strike count. Okay. Okay. Uh, the umpire will defer to any Yankee standing in the box as to whether or not he wants a repitch. A repitch? A repitch. He could say. I don't know. That wasn't a ball. It could have been a strike. I'd like for us to do it again. Oh, like a redo. This is like that, that previous pitch didn't count. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, if you don't mind me saying, a little bit disrespectful to the Yankee uniform to make like a what? close pitch and a two-strike count. That's ridiculous. No, the other team's trying to win. They're trying to get strikeouts. The Yankees got to get the bats off their shoulder. Let's, let's, let's get some action going. People will people pay Jordan, to see the what hits. you have to understand is that the Yankees win just by taking the field. What? What? Because of the history of the franchise. Did you know that Mickey Mantle played for the Yankees? Yes, I, I'm fully Hit aware. the longest home run in baseball history. Yes, he was I'm a switch hitter with power from both sides of the plate. Yeah, I, no, I know. I remember sitting down with Billy Crystal in 1997. Oh, you talking would. Talking about Mickey Mantle. For nigh on 14 hours straight. Oh, it was beautiful. We well, only stopped because a Yankees game came on and well, we wanted to see Monument Park. Well, that's, that's, that feels about right. Is Billy Crystal going to get a monument out there someday, you think? I mean, we'll see. We're giving him to pretty much everybody else. So it's hard to say at this point that he wouldn't get one. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time today, Clive. I, I, I can't say I agree with you. Okay, absolutely. And now it's time for another wide world of Wings Oh wow, we really we really punched up the intro this week, didn't we? Yeah, why wide... might be the best I've ever heard it. Oh thanks. Thank you, Joel. I really appreciate it. Nice and that. nice and brief. 
You know, I, I guess the people who normally do it, I maybe draw it out too much. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a little. And also, I, I notice often, because there's a sound effect that kind of comes in, sometimes the, the drop has a bunch of words that yeah, you can't really, the, you can't really the hear. The listener can't even hear. Yeah. What's and it's, the point? it's interesting, especially because uh, I know Phil doesn't like it because he's a guy who always hammers home an efficiency of language. Right. You know, saying things in less time. Uh, and so it, I know that it bothers him personally on a, on a deep level. Yeah. This uh, week's wide world of weird sport, football. Wait. Wait, really? Football, the ball. Whoa. I like the sound of this. Uh, that was tricky, too. We got, we got like, a, like a head fake, you know? In Canada and in the United States, a football is a ball, roughly in the form of a prolate spheroid. Used in the context of playing gridiron football. Prolate spheroids. Somebody <laughs> Foot- pulling out the 10-cent words for the article on the, the football. Footballs are often made of cowhide leather, as such material is required in professional and collegiate football. Footballs used in recreation and in organized youth leagues may be made of rubber or plastic materials. Yeah. The high school football rulebooks still allow the inexpensive all-rubber footballs, though they are less common than the leather. Oh, interesting. That it's not pigskin. History! In the 1860s, manufactured inflatable balls were introduced through the innovations of shoemaker Richard Linden. Boy, there's a name I've never heard before. Richard Linden. Yeah, clearly that guy's not getting nearly enough credit. He invented the inflatable ball? These uh, were much uh, more regular in shape than the handmade balls of earlier times, making kicking and carrying easier. These early footballs were plum-shaped. Oh, some teams. Wait, how, how is something plum shaped? Did he just pick a weird fruit to settle on? I think it's just sort of like a misshapen uh, uh, sphere. Sure. I don't think it was prolate yet. Do you think? You, I mean, most people, I feel like, go with peach. I mean, this was more like a plum, though. I feel oh, like you're not paying peaches? attention. All right, Take I'm, notes, Joel. Okay. Some teams. <laughs> did, some teams. Does that mean they had a stem? <laughs> some teams used to have white footballs for the purposes of night practice. Georgia Tech back Judy Harlan once spoke of Joe Guyon, a full-blooded Indian, and his antics. Quote, once in a while, the Indian would come out in Joe, such as the Knights Heisman gave us a white football and had us working out under the lights. That's when Guyon would give out the blood-curdling war whoops. (laughs) Wow, I was not ready for that in this article, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The football changed in 1934 with a rule change that tapered the ball on the ends more and Mm. reduced the size around the middle, making it less (laughs) plum-shaped. The new sleeker ball made it much more easier to handle, particularly for passers. Oh, well, how convenient. (laughs) Passing's really important now, Jordan. Yeah. It's become a big part of the game. So you know what the NFL football looks like, right? I do. Yeah. So let's talk about other leagues. Ooh. In the CFL, the stripes traverse the entire circumference of the ball. Yeah. The UFL used a ball with lime green stripes. That's the Ugandan Football League? <laughs> that was the... <laughs> yeah, they didn't say USFL, so I wonder what they... Yeah, right. Yeah, that's... No, it is just UFL. Uh, the XFL, do you remember the, the ball for the XFL? Uh, wasn't it, wasn't it, uh, I don't know, like a snarling dog. (laughs) Yeah, the the, the XFL football (laughs) appeared to be the hoverboard that Biff used in in Back to the Future 2. Uh, the NFL used a novel color pattern, a black ball with 
red curved lines in lieu of stripes for its oh. footballs. This design was redone in a tan and navy color scheme for the Arena Football League in 2003. Two indoor American football leagues, the Ultimate Indoor Football League and the American Indoor Football, mm-hmm. used a ball with red, white, and blue panels. Good for them. Kind of like the old ABA, yeah. I guess. The USFL used the same Wilson football the NFL used at the time. The only difference being the word markings and signature. Yeah. Pete Rosell's signature was not on that one. Yeah. No. It was, it was some other guy. They that. asked him, and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Uh, since, uh, oh, in, in NFL games, the home club must have 36 balls for an outdoor game or 24 for an indoor game. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because in the, in the indoor games, there's less risk of the ball flying out of the stadium. <laughs> right. They don't lose track of as many. So it, they... it is odd they mention here that like, <laughs> you play in a dome, that's 12 less balls you got to yeah. buy. Less balls being taken away by birds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Just grabs it and goes. Yeah. Uh, they must be available uh, for the referee to test with a pressure gauge two and a half hours before the game. Oh, there was some stuff about this once. Yep. Twelve new footballs sealed in a special box and shipped by the manufacturer opened in the official's locker room two hours before the game. These balls are specially marked with the letter K and are used exclusively for the kicking game. The visiting team may also present 12 balls to the referee for outdoor games for inspection. Since to make I- sure it's like, wait a second. This is a volleyball. <laughs> oh, you got us. <laughs> we were going to give it to the other team when they were on offense. That'd be great if Deflate Gate was just like, we actually slowed down the frames, and it appears in the entire fourth quarter, Tom Brady was throwing a tennis ball. Yeah. Look in his hand, a neon yellow tennis ball. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't say it. Danny Amendola's one-handed grab of a tennis ball. We really yeah. should have paid more attention during this game. Should have. And he was, he was using a basket, <laughs> a laundry, like a big one. Uh, since 1941, Harween Leather Company, the best that leather has to offer, has been the exclusive supplier of leather for the National Football League. Footballs. That's a big contract. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, that's... They're really The arrangement was established by Arnold Harween, who had played and coached in the NFL. Nepotism. Fucking, yeah, this is cronyism. Until until we get, you know, open bids for contracts on NFL yeah. leather suppliers, we are never going to see a leather industry that throws off the corruption that has dogged it from day one. Uh, Horween Leather Company also supply, supplies leather to Spalding, supplier of balls to the Arena Football League. Oh my! See, and now it's a fucking monopoly. <laughs> Not really. They lose money on the Arena Football <laughs> yeah. League one. Uh, despite the moniker pigskin, sometimes used to refer to footballs, cow leather is used. Way to go, article. That was my first observation. <laughs> and that brings to the end another wide world of weird sports. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings close to the sports. Sports podcast. Before we go, we're going to bring back oh, insufferable Yankees beach, beat writer, beach writer. You are a beach writer. No, you're a beat writer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yankees beat writer, Clive Griffith. Clive, uh, could you give the folks our contact information? Yes, hello. Welcome back. If you want to follow the Yankees on Twitter, it's no, 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 no. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at sports, the number three podcast. Well, I mean, if they want to follow a Twitter account on Twitter, I really feel like you'd want to go with the Yankees. You're going to get all the sports you want if you follow the Yankees on Twitter. 
Why why get your Yankees updates filtered through some podcast? All right, just can you give the rest of the contact information? Absolutely, I can. Okay, okay. You. If you want to find our back episodes, you're going to go to SoundCloud. Okay, and then you're going to look up. There's a channel on there that has old radio broadcasts of classic Yankees games. No, no, yeah, I'm sure that exists, but no, it's it's SoundCloud.com uh, slash sports, the number three podcast. That's SoundCloud.com slash sports, the number three podcast. Again, Jordan, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to help your listeners, okay? Uh, I, 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 are they really going to want to listen to some podcast when they could be listening to, to Phil Rizzuto? I mean... You know what? No. You, 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 I, you, they want to listen to the podcast. Uh, our, our, can you give them our Facebook? Agree to disagree. Uh, and then Facebook, I'm told, is some sort of website where people form, they put profiles on there. Uh, oh, now, now you're too comically old, Clive. <laughs> you, know, you know damn well what Facebook <laughs> is. And you, like everyone, can find our Facebook at facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. Facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. Well, yeah. Again, it's been a joy. Here on the Yankees, Yankees, Yankees podcast. Get out of get out of here, Clive. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll see you again soon. See you, Clive. Thank you. Hey guys. Uh, it's just me, Joel. Oh. Yeah. Hey Jordan. Hey, buddy. Wait, was <laughs> Was Phil not here the whole time? The whole time he was gone. So this whole episode, there's been no Phil. No Phil. He's actually going to come in and post and 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 who did who did the wide world of comments. who did the wide world of sports? That was me. I did the wide world of sports. I was oh. sitting right here the whole time. Did we have a wide world of yes, sports? Yes, you're goddamn week? right we did. Oh, lights okay. off. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.